0: With
1: Kroger Free Pickup, the savings are always with you. So you get the same great deals as in-store right in the app. Add your family's favorites to your cart while at the zoo, the science fair, or wherever. No matter where you order Kroger Pickup from, you can stay on budget while easily stocking up on everything you need. So start your cart and save from wherever today. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability.
0: You made it into the network, Kirsten. You did. You actually <laughs> made it here. And I'm happy to be speaking I'm with honored.
2: you.
0: I'm honored. You know what? You look different than your picture that, that was sent to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, we're not going to talk about how old that picture was. No, I, no, I want to
0: know how old that picture was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My daughter told me it was good enough to, uh, I said, is this picture too old? Do I even look like that anymore? And she said, yeah, you could use that. My hair is different.
0: Your hair Uh, looks awesome, by the way. It looks awesome. Yeah.
2: Oh, Thank you so much. I
0: compliment you so well.
2: Oh, Thank you. Well, I have a t-shirt that says openly gray. (laughs) I'm embracing my, my silver.
0: (laughs) That's funny. That's pretty Mm -hmm. good. Well, uh, deb who connected me to you, deb's just an awesome she's connected me with so many amazing people and this was a doozy of a story when she sent it to me And i was like okay this is a, so this is different and i'm mm-hmm. all about different stuff so uh we're going to talk about your life which is uh quite interesting i would say and this the book is the book t- is ghost marriage
2: the ghost marriage ghost it's a memorable. marriage
0: there's mm-hmm. a lot to think about when th- that title but let's back up and talk a little bit about we got to this point. Yeah.
2: So you want background to the book or you,
0: I want background into want you
2: background on me. Okay. Um, I am a, um, boomer woman. Um, I'm a writer. I, I do, um, marketing and journalistic writing as my day job. I work for, uh, UC Berkeley and, um, for the, decade of my 50s, I was in a marriage that was failing and becoming, I was becoming increasingly unhappy. And uh, the story I tell in the book is the failure of my marriage, and then the very difficult divorce. My ex-husband was um, a civil litigator, so he, he knew how to Litigate in all kinds of ways. And um, I mean, the short version that sums up the book is that um, we had a bad divorce. He got um, properties in the divorce that my name was still on the loans for. And then soon after our divorce, he died of colon cancer and he left me with $1.5 million in debts of his debts. And so the book tells the story of how I dealt with that, um, all of my feelings about it, how I was raising my children as a single mom, how I was trying to date again. There's sort of a sub-theme of women in their 50s um, online dating. It's kind yeah. of tragic comedy. Tragic uh, comedy. <laughs> and um, And then... I started hearing from him after he had died and he started sending me messages. And I start, I was working with a spiritual life coach and I saw a medium and I did a lot of work on myself and um, kind of the, the premise of the story is that I, by doing this work after he died and by um Sort of embracing a larger picture of what we're here to do and what our relationships are for, I forgave him. You know, I worked my way toward forgiveness. And I honestly feel like this book is a project that we kind of worked on together. That he, um, I really truly believe that even though he doesn't look very good in this book, I believe that he is behind this book. Mm-hmm. Um, because the message is about not only forgiveness but the bigger picture of our lives of oh, that's how, amazing. how we're here to learn lessons and, and our enemies are often our greatest teachers.
0: Okay, so let me ask you something. So were you somebody before your husband died who would believe in people talking to you after they had died before?
2: Yes. Okay. I already was there. All um, right, So
0: it wasn't a big leap for you then?
2: No, I pretty much, and I'd done a lot of reading on it. I'd yeah. read um, Carolyn Mace's book, Sacred Contracts. Um, I'd been to mediums before, but I'm not, it's not something that informs my everyday life. Right. But because of certain experiences I'd had in the past, I already accepted that. Whereas I understand a lot of people are very resistant to that, are skeptical of that idea, and I respect that. You know, I'm right. not. I was going to
0: ask you that. Like, did other people in your life, where they're like, Kirsten, like, what's going on? <laughs>
2: like, yeah, I've had friends and other people read the book who, and certainly people who have reviewed me online, who are like, I liked the book until she got to the woo-woo parts, <laughs> and then they kind of checked out, and you know, that's that's fine. It's not for everybody, but I can honestly say that it changed my life for the better. You know, if I hadn't had this experience and if I hadn't believed that I could continue to work on my marriage after my ex-husband had died, you know, that's a pretty wild experience or wild idea. Um, I would still be walking around a very angry person and feeling Mm -hmm. like a victim. And this whole thing enabled me to push through that and see it as a blessing. Yeah. If you can, if you can wrap your head around. Sure.
0: I I I can definitely wrap my head around all of this for sure. What did you when's the first time you heard from your husband after he had passed away? What was that like?
2: I think the first time, and I described this in the book, um, my kids were both living with me at the time. My daughter was, who at the time was about 18 or 19. She was very close to Steve, my ex husband. And um, she was kind of in a depression, she was on the couch, she she did not get off my couch for a couple of months. And she was watching TV and she was on all her various devices. But she was watching TV and I came downstairs and she said, What's wrong with the TV? And I said nothing. Uh, She said it keeps switching channels. And I said, well, you know, as the DVR said, is it, you know, could it be this? Could it be that? And she said, no, no, no. I'm just watching this show and it's switching to this other channel. And I said, well, what channel is it switching to? And she said, oh, it's this show I used to watch with daddy. And the TV was just on its own switching to a program that she had watched with Steve, you know, regularly. So that was the first inkling for me that he was Trying to communicate with us, and my experience when my father had died many years ago. They say that that people who have passed who are trying to communicate with you use electromagnetic energy, so things like flickering light bulbs or, um, you know, appliances acting funny. And after my father had died, we had this huge house and there were like 42 recessed lights in the ceiling throughout the house. And within the first two weeks, 14 of them blew out, just like popped and went out. So things like that, you know, I, I, I believe that those can, you know, it's not just coincidence.
0: Yeah. And I have had a few people on my podcasts who have had experiences like that or, um, maybe a little, they've had near-death experiences and they, and it's just, it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for me, I, I'm probably more on your side where I'm like, yeah, I think it's possible and stuff like that. And it happens um, whereas some people maybe think differently, but I, but I also think it's like, it's your personal experience. And who is it for anyone to doubt your personal experience? And especially if it brings you comfort and it helps you move on for stuff, why would you bash that? Like,
2: yeah,
0: you know, there's a beautiful thing in that.
2: Yeah. Well, I think people, who, I think it's easy to just roll your eyes and say, you know, that's so silly. But honestly, I think people who believe that this is the only life we get and it's over, you know, when we die, you're done, that this is your only shot. So
0: depressing.
2: It's. <laughs> I, I feel bad for them really like, depressing that horrible
0: actually horrible
2: pressure like i have to get it all right is <laughs> a lot
0: of pressure yeah <laughs> it's
2: a lot of pressure and generally those people don't seem very happy to me in <laughs> other ways you know they're like and the older they get the less happy they are because yeah. you know it's it's getting close now
0: so <laughs> it's getting close
2: this this has really helped me um you know, I don't fear death. I, I hope yeah. I have a good long life and that I get to do everything I want to do, but I don't fear death and I don't feel like it's the end. And yeah. um, that's been really, com- it's been comforting.
0: Isn't it? It's like, it's just a door, you know, it's, it's, just, a it's just a door. It's like, yeah. if you think about it that way, it, there's, there's a different way you live your life too. When it's, when it's that, you know, if it's just like, hey, lights go out. You're like, well, just seems like you're just waiting to be dead. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Well, I, I can't wait until those people die. And then all of a sudden like,
0: <laughs> what the oh hell just God. happened here? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I get more. There's well, they more. say that they say that Steve Jobs' last words, did, have you heard this? no when he was on his deathbed, he said, Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Really. Three times like he was seeing something. Yeah. And if Steve Jobs liked it, <laughs> you know, it's good, right?
0: It must be good. I mean, the uh, iPhone's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. God only knows what devices they have. Over yeah. there. Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. So how did you meet your husband? And this was a later in life relationship, right? You were saying in your 50s?
2: No, no, I was in my 50s by then. No, we married, I was 32 and he was 38. Okay, okay. So we, we married in the 80s. We were married for 22 years. Okay. We had two beautiful children. Um, it was a long marriage, yeah. but I would say for the the past five to 10 years, I was really unhappy in the marriage. He, mm. you know, he became a really unhappy person. Um, we met at the wedding of a friend of mine in San Francisco, and he was an uninvited guest. He came with another woman and he, you know, I guess they weren't seriously involved because he left with a bunch of business cards from women. <laughs> and one of them was mine. And I was very skeptical. I was very distrustful of men. I would just come back from living, spending a year living in Italy. And um, so I had a rather jaded view of Mm. men, um, which is funny because my skepticism was kind of proven by my marriage. You know,
0: like it actually was true.
2: (laughs) It was true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But fortunately I suspended disbelief long enough to marry him and, you know, we had a really happy marriage for 10 plus years, really happy um and then he really underwent kind of a gradual personality change
0: what caused that do you think
2: you know Damien I still I still question what that was I think part of it was perhaps a little bit of undiagnosed mental illness from his family okay um he definitely had some of that on his side, but also he was raised by his mother. He, his family was not, um, probably not even middle class. They were lower income. They lived in a rural area in upstate New York. He was the only one of his four children, four children, who went to college, and then he went on to law school and become became this very successful. Guy, Um, but his mother always treated him as the golden child over the other three children. She bent over backwards to spoil him. And I think that created a man who I mean, I can tell you this was a man who, when he saw something he wanted, he pursued it with a vengeance until he got it. And but then when he got it, it was never enough. It was, you know, no matter how many trips or houses or motorcycles or whatever, it was just this kind of bottomless pit of need. And I think the flip side of that is you feel, I mean, yes, there's some narcissism there. I don't think he was clinically only a narcissist, but um, you feel like you, you want the best you want it all you you want what you want but then you get it and you know deep inside you don't necessarily deserve it Mm. like I think he was aware since being a child that he didn't deserve to be the favored child and so that creates kind of a hole inside you where you go through life you know wanting all these things and and being the success on the outside but inside not loving yourself yeah that is my theory
0: Mm. and then so you guys didn't discuss this during the time like what you're telling me did you guys talk about this at all
2: you know not this no not this per se we were in therapy for probably the last six months of our marriage and i think it was too little too late but I didn't find out about him being the spoiled golden child until the day of his funeral. And his first wife was there. He had been married once before and had four children from that marriage. And I sat down with her and I said, who was this guy we were married to? I don't even know who he was. And she started telling me this, these stories about when he was younger. And so, you know, over a period of months and even years, I've just kind of Worked that around in my brain and and thought, how did it go from that to the person that I divorced?
0: Yeah, did the the other wife did she get messages from him at all, or did she know about this?
2: I spoke to her at the funeral. I haven't spoken to her since, mm. um, so I don't know. It
0: would I have been interesting, know. like if like but if I, he didn't will, contact her, but he contacts you.
2: It, well he could well have contacted yeah. her or he could have tried and she didn't notice.
0: Um, yeah, I will yeah.
2: tell you that one of his older daughters from his first marriage. And I just learned this. She recently appeared on one of those ghost hunting shows yeah, because her house was haunted mm. and there were some other spirits there, but also his spirit was there. she feels very strong and I haven't been in touch with her either. We haven't yeah. spoken. So she definitely had visitations from him.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Why do you th- what do you think the reason is for these visitations? Like
2: I think it's unfinished business. Yeah. I think it's someone on the other side who they say when you die you see like a movie of your life
0: mm.
2: and you see and you suddenly Get it all the people that you've hurt, all the people Mm. that you've loved, all the things you've done right, all the things you've done wrong. You, in you know, that moment of death, you get that lesson. And I don't really understand how that works, but I've read that repeatedly. Really, yeah, yeah. You get a movie of some kind. My movie
0: would be so funny, it would be like, (laughs) it'd be like a party, man. I'll be like,
2: yes, what a great time. That is a life well lived, Damien. I'm telling
0: you, if it ended today, it'd be like,
2: wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was some fun. Uh,
0: Yeah, a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) But I think there are a lot of people who, um, you know, they just, you know, Steve and myself, when I finally went to see a medium, because I didn't go to see a medium for a couple of years, I was like, I am still not speaking to you. I am not right ready to talk to you. You know, I'm working on this mess you left me. Mm. Um, but when I finally did, he came through immediately. Mm. And the first thing he said was, I'm sorry, but he said, I did everything you asked me to do. Like he was talking about the contract and that before we came into our lives here, we had agreed to help each other learn certain lessons and according to him, through the medium, he said, I played my role perfectly. I, get you, I gave you everything you asked me to do. So that's really liberating if you feel like, okay, this was my plan, even though you know, I had no idea. Um, it, it prevents you from becoming a victim. It's like, yeah. okay, this is something I chose lessons I wanted to learn in this lifetime, which ultimately, hopefully will get me to some place of enlightenment, or, you know, a better life next time, or a worse life, I don't know. (laughs) But that was just really, and again, I, as I said, I had read a book about this. So it wasn't a whole new concept for me. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't, I, I, I accepted it when I heard it.
0: Talk about the lesson of forgiveness. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. I think Mm -hmm. it's something that most people hear about, but Mm -hmm. have a very difficult time following through on.
2: Yeah. When I, so I was still in therapy um, after he died, I guess I was still working with the same therapist. And I said, you know, I can't, I don't feel like there would be any point in my trying for forgiveness right now. I have so much damage left over from him, and she said that's okay. Just um, you know, tell yourself you're working. On, you're working on forgiving him. You don't have to achieve it in a day, and so that was my goal. But I, you know, I'm kind of this A-type, uh, you know, planning person. I had decided in my own mind, I was not going to forgive him until I was made whole financially, until I'd gotten rid of all the debt and I could refinance my house and all of these things that, you know, it took me eight months short term to handle, but eight years to get it to roll off my credit report. I had an F on my credit report because of all this, because there were two foreclosures and two short sales. And um, so I had this very specific timeline, like I was not even going to try to forgive him until that was all fixed. And what happened was, in doing this work and learning these lessons and seeing the larger
1: picture, I very spontaneously forgave him out loud. Do you know the risk factors for type 2 diabetes or what makes it more likely you or someone in your life might have the disease? With type 2 diabetes playing a growing role in the lives of so many, you need to know. And Project Power, a community program from the American Diabetes Association, is here to help. Take our risk test today at diabetes.org projectpower project power. You can avoid the risks of type 2. Project Power will help. Anyone else have trouble sleeping last night? And the night before that? Same. And I've tried everything, but it either doesn't help me sleep so I'm cranky and tired the next day, or I sleep and then I'm drowsy the next day. Luckily, Seize the Night and Day is here. Go to SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more about insomnia and how you can seize the night. And Carpe the Diem, make their mission your mission because they will not rest until we all rest.
2: Um, One day, way before I'd planned on it, it just came out of my mouth. I forgive you, Steve. And um, I guess my subconscious just realized that it was not going to do me any good to spend the next eight years still pissed off at this guy. You know, that it wasn't, you know, it was only hurting me. He's gone. You know, he, he's, That's he's exactly out of it. right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it came from a very sincere place um and granted once I said the words it wasn't over like I would you know I still had anger and I still had all this stuff but I realized oh no I am gonna forgive him before my timeline before the deadline because it's not doing me any good you know I want to get on with my life and how,
0: so, yeah. How this, how has this affected you moving on in your life? This whole experience. I mean, it's a pretty powerful experience. How was your interactions with other people after this?
2: Um. Well, for one thing, when I got divorced, um, I had we were living in the Napa Valley. And I had been a full time mom for 12 years. I had not worked professionally for 12 years. And I was in this very remote place away from the kinds of work that I do. Um, I had to, you know, crawl my way back professionally. I had to first freelance for several years and start getting a portfolio together and then gradually get more full time work um, to the point where you know, after a few years I was communications director for a foundation in San Francisco, but I clawed my way back to that position. And I just decided that rather than moan about it or try to, you know, take him to court for, I got no alimony and no child support when he was alive or after. Mm. And rather than try to, you know, sue him for that, I would just put my energy into rebuilding my own career and just get on with it. So that's what I did. And, you know, I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of that.
0: How did you, okay, let's let's jump back into the, the dating thing afterwards.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Tragic. (laughs)
2: Tragic comic. Yeah. Tragic.
0: Okay. So you went through this incredible story and your partner dies, your ex-husband dies, and then you have this incredible after communication. Mm -hmm. But then you're on the other side of your life where like, all right, I'm going to start dating again. Mm -hmm. What what was that even like trying to attempt that after this whole situation?
2: Well, I started, I signed up for Match before we were even divorced. I was like, because, you know, when I was last dating in my late 20s, There was no match. There was no, there was no internet.
0: (laughs) You hear that everyone? No internet.
2: (laughs) No internet. This was when dinosaurs roamed the earth (laughs) and you know, you would meet people at a bar or at a party or at a wedding as I met Steve. Um, So I just thought, Oh, this is so great. You meet people online and you get to know each other and I'm a writer and this will be so much fun and I would say within a few months, I was like,
0: uh, this sucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> people say they're one thing and they're another, or, or you'll have this great relationship online and then they just drop off. And um, but you know, like it or not, that is kind of the dating reality now for most people. Yeah, I've that heard that. Old. I've heard and that. especially in a rural community, you know, there are not a lot of eligible men in St. Helena County. No, they're not. <laughs> And the ones that are, are all divorced from my friends. So, you know, that became kind of awkward. So, um, you know, I got jaded pretty quickly. And I think if you ask any woman over 40 about her online dating experience, I mean, I don't know any who love it. Mm. Um, I think men tend to enjoy it more than women because, (laughs) you know, they can you know, they can work it a little bit, but women yeah. who are looking for meaningful relationships, it tends to be fairly disappointing, right? Not, not for everyone. Sure. You know, people who have succeeded at it, but, um, so I really, I really thought I was going to partner again. I, you know, I was in my mid early to mid fifties and, you know, I was fit and I was interested in things. And I just thought, I'm going to be married again for sure. And the one long longish term relationship that I did have, it's in the book. It's with a completely inappropriate guy, but yeah. We had great chemistry and we had great fun for a while. Um but at no time was I ever considering, you know, a long-term partnership with him. He was just kind of he was a nice distraction while the rest of my world was falling apart. Mm. But here I am like how many years later, 12 years later. And, you know, I, I would take a break from match and then say, OK, but I'm, I'm going to go back on it. I'm going to put myself out there again. And then COVID happened and it was a relief. Like, oh, good, I can, a
0: relief. Yeah.
2: I can take a break now. I don't have to do that anymore, you know, at least for now and then covid kind of went away and i realized i i really like my life right now and i really love living alone and i really love not having to negotiate what netflix thing we're going to watch or i am so completely free i am so completely free and i can travel where i want you know once i retire i can move where i want I just, I think maybe my expiration date has passed for. It's uh, passed. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know that's when things happen, right? <laughs> <I'm>
2: like, <laughs> that's what everyone tells me. Right,
0: you stop caring. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, I, I mean maybe, maybe maybe it I, won't,
0: maybe it won't. But I,
2: I'm. That's not that's not my hidden agenda here. It no. really isn't. I really love my solo life, and I have tons of great friends and. Two fabulous children, and I'm financially secure. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was married to Steve, we went from being very affluent to being in a world of hurt financially. Right. right. He, he lost his job, and um, you know, it got and and we had this huge. You know, we had several homes, and we had huge mortgages, and um, no, it was it was not fun. And yeah. now, you know, I live a much smaller life, but I'm solvent. I pay off yeah. my credit cards every month. And um, I'm just, I just feel super content right now. I love
0: that. I love yeah. that. But you know, I'm going to use this video against you in like a year when you're with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to be like, email, I want to email you and be like, Kirsten, remember this video? <laughs> I just like
2: you said, I think when you're really happy and content in your yes. own self, that attracts that energy from right. other people.
0: And it's but, good. If you yeah. end up not meeting somebody, that's beautiful. You have a great life. I, I do. do. I
2: really have a great life right it's now good too.
0: Yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. what a beautiful situation to be in.
2: Yeah. And I would encourage everyone to, I think and before you can be a really great partner, you have to have your own equilibrium and you you have to be happy when you close your eyes at night yes. with who you are. And mm. when you have that, then you don't need that other person, but you, you might find that other person because yeah. your energy is going to attract it.
0: You know, it's so interesting. You said about that. I spend a lot of time now speaking and writing and different things about investing in yourself as a uh-huh. fitness professional. I'm in the fitness business. Like yeah. when you're working with clients, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm sure this isn't a lot of service provider professions, you know, you can have a very messy life and then you bring that into the lifestyle of someone else you're working with. And I'm like, you have to, when you close your eyes, you got to like, really think my good with my, with me, have I put a lot of effort into me so yeah. that I'm not going into and like wrecking other people's existence because mine is just a mess type of thing. Yeah, and I think when you're really young, you don't think about it that much, you know?
2: Well, I think I mean, I speak mostly for women because they're my they're my people they, yeah. you know that's who I am, but I know so many really wise, lovely women in this age bracket because we have gone through divorces yeah. and deaths and heartbreak and um raising children you know that's, that's such a whole other
0: experience.
2: deal <laughs> yeah, and I just um. I just think that it's a, it, it's a great age of life because we've, mm. we've learned so much and we're open to learning so much more.
0: What a great thing to say. I'm not sure mm-hmm. I've heard that from a lot of people mm. who are in your age range for that. Like, that's just a great perspective to have.
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, most of my friends are women. I, I, I think this was, and I really want to be careful the way I say this, but part of my um, problem with the whole dating scene was I was not meeting men who were open to that same growth and who had worked on themselves in the same way that I had worked on myself. Um, I think a lot of men spend their careers just focused on work and yeah. getting ahead and and the enormous pressure of supporting a family if right. that's if they're right. the sole support you know i know that was a huge pressure on my ex-husband he had created this huge lifestyle for us but he was the one who was addicted to it you know when mm. he would complain about the pressure of his job i would say give it up you know but don't give it up until we get rid of all these things you yeah. know we, We have such a high overhead, but then if you want to scale down, let's do that. And he always said, I'm not ready to give up the lifestyle. But anyway, I think men, you know, their focus is on work. I mean, a lot of men help raise their kids too. I I don't want to apply that. But then at retirement, they just want to relax. They just want to kick back and turn on sports. And, you know, they just feel like, okay, I can really chill out now. Whereas I think women are ready for another chapter. A mm. lot of women, not all.
0: Right. Right. You
2: know, it's like, what's next? Yeah. You know, is it another career? Can I travel? Can I work on myself spiritually? Yeah. Um, I, I wish I had met more men who were on that path.
0: That's interesting. So that was, that well was not full in the, in the dating aspect of men who were Moving in a similar direction that you were, or you have been. That
2: was my experience. That I'm was your gonna, experience, yeah. So of course, don't yeah. don't take that as a generalization. No, for, all that, for sure. That was not, certainly, uh, my experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. No. I everything's your experience. I mean, how I see things, how you see things. You know, there's some commonalities in things, sure. Uh, but that's why I think, like, if you're having a story like this, and your ex-husband speaks to you after he has passed away, it's your story. It should be celebrated because it means something to you and how you went through forgiveness and how all the lessons you learned. That's a great thing. No matter what you believe, somebody getting better, you should always champion that. Oh,
2: absolutely. I think that is, is so true. And that's what the book helped me. Writing the book helped me to do is it made me tell the story for others yeah, But in doing so, I was telling, I was crafting the story for myself, and it helped me figure out so many things, you know, about what had happened.
0: When did you come to the determination to write the book?
2: Okay, that's a funny story. Um, so as I was going through this, you know, people would say, you know, oh, hi, how are you? And I'd be like, well, my husband just left me $1.5 million in debt. So not great. You know, it's like, I kind of would spill it out. That was my therapy. And every single person would say, oh my God, you have to write a book about that. And I would say, no, thank you. (laughs) You know, I just lived it and I have no interest, none in reliving it. But, um, I was working with this spiritual life coach who was a little psychic himself and he kept saying, I see you writing a book um, about your experiences and I'd be like, no, no, no. And he'd say, I'm sorry, that's what I'm seeing. And then when I went to the um, medium, actually this was the first time, it's before any of this really happened to me, my late father came through and she said, he's holding up the book, Eat, Pray, Love. And he's saying, you need to write a book about like this one. And he, Eat, Pray, Love hadn't even been out when he died. Mm-hmm. But what, that's what the medium was seeing was my dad holding the book, Eat, Pray, Love. And he said, you need to write a book about this one, uh, like this one. And so finally, when it was like, oh my God, even my late father is telling me to write this book. I finally said, fine, I will write this book. Yeah, But it was not fun. It
0: was not right. <laughs> Getting better is not always a fun adventure, you know? Yeah. I tell you what, though, if afterlife, you can advance copies of stuff that could be good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah. I get that early. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's often messy, the work of improving, you know, mm-hmm. of just, I think we want it to be smooth, but progress is not linear for sure.
2: You don't, Learn from smooth, you learn from bumpy.
0: Well said. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think, like, you know, it's words like resilience, determination, like hardiness, you don't get those from good times. You know, (laughs) exactly, you don't get that from that.
2: When my when Steve came through, uh, in the reading, and he said, you know, and the psychic was saying, he's talking about the lessons that you two are meant to learn together. And I said, okay, tell me, what was the lesson here for me? Why Mm. did I go through all this? What was, you know, from your standpoint, what was the lesson I was supposed to learn? And he said, perseverance and to be a good mother to your children. Mm. And I said, do you think I was a good mother to our children? And he said, Absolutely. I'm so proud of what you've done. That was so huge for me, Damien, because mm. in the final, you know, unpleasant years, he was verbally abusive. And mm. one of the things he frequently told me was what a terrible mother I was, mm. I think, because he knew that was one of the most hurtful things. It would hurt you. yeah. And so I really needed to know if, if I was still carrying the weight of that judgment and when he's when he said, No, you're a great mom, that just took this huge weight off of me.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, what an incredible story. <laughs> I mean, what and you seem like just such a lovely person, Kirsten. Seriously.
2: I am a lovely person. <laughs> no,
0: right? I mean, as soon as you came on before we even started, Kirsten was funny too. She was funny. <laughs> like, I love funny people who have worked on themselves, are witty and uh have just gone through a journey and come out on the other side very grateful. You seem like a very grateful person, very.
2: Totally grateful. I think we're all learning how important gratitude is. It's yeah. just you know, it's it's really one of the most essential emotions, I think. Yeah. I
0: think so too. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful we had this conversation. I really
2: <laughs> I am too. This yeah.
0: is fun. It's just supposed well, to should be fun. It should be like my whole life, I just, you know, obviously there's lessons I learned and difficult times have I had. But one big lesson is have a good time because yeah. you just don't know, you know, I, there's a lot of mystery to what happens, whatever happens. But man, I know right now if I have a good time and I enjoy the people I'm with, I want to have that as a great memory. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I said, if it hey, that picture of me would be pretty funny. Get a <laughs> lot of funny stuff happening, a lot of hanging out, a lot of great conversations. Yeah you know just i've done everything i wanted to do in my life literally and wow. i'm 44 i've done everything i wanted to do
2: wow so well,
0: everything else is gravy for me all of yeah. it is just a bonus for me so good
2: for you yeah good for you it doesn't mean
0: that i haven't experienced hard times i've had plenty of hard times but i've always pursued the things i wanted to do uh-huh without any apology and i've always had the best times i wanted to have yeah <laughs> so
2: yeah, well, you know, a life well lived.
0: Yeah, and now I get to p- speak to people like yourself. That's just icing on the cake. It's mm-hmm. just more good times for me. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your wonderful story. Thank you. And yeah, and just for being an awesome... Pr- you, you have such an energy about you that I really is like, it's very... Uh, it's attractive. It's very attractive.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Seriously, yeah. 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 Well, I think you... You invite that, certainly. You have Thank great you. energy too. And I think it just it's infectious for sure.
0: And I'm gonna tell you the pit when you when you listen to this and you and you see the episode in the picture of Kirsten, that doesn't look like her, just so you know. <laughs> Do you want me
2: to send you a new I think we need a new
0: picture because I, I was expecting a different person.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what that means. I'll send you a new that's not shot. a
0: bad thing. It's not a bad <laughs> thing. It's just that you know what it is, everybody listening, the hair looks so different. The mm-hmm. hair looks so different. You'll see when it comes out if we keep the same picture.
2: I'll send you a, a headshot that was just taken, like a yeah. couple months ago. It, my hair is still longer than that, but it yeah. definitely looks more like me. Oh, it looked
0: good. This is not a bad. This is not a bad thing that I'm saying. It looked good, but mm-hmm. uh, like it, you know, sometimes people send me the pictures for their podcasts, and I'm like, okay, is this you? Like it was like.
2: Well, also, I'm on Zoom and it's kind of making my hair a funny shape. So no, but it
0: looks good. I'm telling you, like it's like (laughs) you look very sophisticated to me, but fun. Like that's a hell of a combination.
2: Do you like the hair better now or in the picture? Now
0: I like it now. Yeah. I think it just it like you look like a very sophisticated, fun person. Like those two (laughs) things don't always mix, by the way.
2: Well, I'm going to tell Deborah to send you a new headshot okay. so that it looks more like me today.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just look fantastic. Seriously, you look happy. Uh, you just have an amazing story. And I've enjoyed my time immensely with you. So
2: I have too. Thank you so much for this great conversation. Of
0: course. So tell everyone how they can connect with your book and you. Do the do the spiel, you know.
2: The book, The Ghost Marriage, it's on Amazon and all online booksellers. My website is KirstenMicklewaite.com. Um, I'm on social, Facebook, Instagram. Um it, it's hard to miss me. And you know, there aren't too many Kirsten Micklewaits out there. So that's true. If you find it, it's <laughs> it's probably me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably her, yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, we'll get this out. And uh thank you so much for your time, Kirsten.
2: Thank you, Damien. It's a pleasure.
1: At Kroger, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself, because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.